peace and bliss, my friends. This is Bossy. So before we get into this hour-long podcast episode, girl, I was talking, you hear me? Uh, before we get into this podcast episode, I just have to give you a couple trigger warnings. Now, I be listening to true crime podcasts. That's one of the things that I'm kind of moving away from um, because <laughs> the way that <laughs> true crime podcasts be having your girl acting, acting and thinking is just nah (laughs) it's no good like I would really like to move through the world with a sense of safety you know like when I drive on uh, South Beach it's always these drunk white boys they step into the middle of the street without looking both ways that's the level of safety that I want to move through the world with just feeling like the world is a safe place You know what I'm saying? I just feel like I am safe in the world. And, you know, listening to True Crime Podcast, child, even though the majority of the victims are, you know, women who do not look like me, and the, most of the, the uh, perpetrators are people who do not look like me, um, you know, I still be, like, looking over my shoulder. And maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I live in New Orleans, so maybe it's a good thing. Listen to me. I came home last night. Now, these are trigger warnings because I do mention a few cases uh, without going too much into detail. A couple um, cases from a podcast that I listened to. I was thinking about tagging the episodes below, but I probably won't. And then also, because then I'm going to have to go, nah, dig in and looking for, just listen to the the examples of the stories I told you. And then another one is a news story that happened a couple years in Miami. Um, Anyway, so I came home last night, okay, and I was getting out of my car. And my neighbor, a single white woman who lives alone, um, although I think she got a sugar daddy cause, <laughs> because <laughs> let me tell you something. I ain't shit. I ain't shit because I think she got a sugar daddy because it's somebody who drive a very expensive, gorgeous Audi who be pulling up only on the weekdays, only during work hours to her house. And I've only seen them leave the house one time. So I don't know if that's if she the side girl. That's her sugar daddy, but that is one hundred percent the vibe I get. Plus, this girl kind of live an edgy lifestyle. You know, I told her about my friend who had died of an accidental uh, fentanyl overdose, and she was like, "Yeah, I was doing cocaine, like straight the fuck up. Don't know me from nowhere. She just know I'm her neighbor, but just started talking to me one day. Yeah, I was, I did cocaine and it was laced with fentanyl and I didn't know. And I got really sick and I was vomiting. I was like, girl, so you do coke? <laughs> like, you just go tell me you do cocaine right here on the sidewalk in front of everybody. Anyway, so. Yeah, she watch out, but I think she she got a sugar daddy or she fucking somebody else. But anyway, so I came home last night, got out the car, and you know I looked up and her door was open, like cracked ajar. Okay, the door is ajar. I'm looking at the door. I'm looking at the door. The door is ajar. So I'm trying to get the bubble wrap out the car because I'm about to, you know, I got some orders to do for y'all and things. And the door is ajar, child. So I call, get my shit out the car. I automatically think this white girl is in there dead in a pool of her own blood. My first thought is not 
to run in the house, not to, you know, not to, to, to run for cover, not to drive off nothing, not to call the police. My first instinct is to think of who could have murdered this woman. That was my first instinct. I thought, <laughs> my first thought was it was probably her sugar daddy, but we also have somebody house sitting next door. So it could have also been Kirk because Kirk is, he gives trailer trash. He toothless. He's, you know, from the backwoods. He from the backwoods, like Louisiana, real country redneck guy. But he dating a Mexican, older Mexican woman who don't speak English. It's giving like he's giving criminal. So I, you know, I'm automatically like who who all new to the neighborhood. You know, I automatically assume that she's inside laying in a pool of her own blood, and either her sugar daddy did it or Kirk has done it. So. Before I tell you the next part of the story, I do want to tell you that my ex has revoked my black card so many times. He said, at this point, <laughs> I don't have a black card. My my black card is tan. At this point, that's what he said. And you know, that hurts my feelings. Have, have y'all seen the blackening? That really hurts my feelings. That somebody would say to me that my black card is revoked, and at this point, the shit is tan. He did say to me the other day, though, okay, you trying to get your black card bronze, I see. Okay, if he's already, I don't know. I'm not too far past redemption, but I will start out by saying my black card is tan. So I, instead of walking into my house and minding my motherfucking black ass business, go to her gate and try to open the gate. That's what I did. That's what I did. And I didn't catch myself until I, I called out her name. I said, Emily, her name is Emma. Emily. <laughs> I forgot the name. I don't forgot the girl's name. So I'm screaming, Emily. And I'm like, oh, no, it's not Emily. Emma. So I call Emma. I'm trying to open the gate. Can't open the gate. That's when I catch myself. Like, girl, what is you doing, girl? What, girl, girl, what is you doing? The gate is locked. The gate is locked from the inside. That probably mean the killer is still inside. So I <laughs> finally come to my black self, okay? My black self, not the self that went to the predominantly white high school and was in classes with all white kids. My black self, myself that my mother raised in the hood in upstate New York and then in the hood in North Carolina. Myself, my black self that went to the historically black university in Greensboro, North Carolina, Aggie Pride, North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. My black self said, carry your ass in the motherfucking house before you get chopped up up and killed like this white girl so I you know I went in my gate and I'm fumbling with the keys child it really was like this I'm fumbling with the keys and locking the gate trying to get in the house and the white girl come outside she's next door and I said girl your door open she said oh yeah that happens you know the door the wind blows it open all the time you know that's why it has to stay locked I'm like that's why that's why it has to stay locked so all that to say I listen to a lot of true crime um I <laughs> I didn't read I didn't respond right I did I admit that I can admit that I did not respond well to a potential 
homicide situation, I will admit that if y'all can go ahead and just roll your eyes at me and talk shit about me, I, I give you, I do give you that permission. I do give, give you that permission. You, that would be your absolute right. Cause I did not respond. Right. Uh, I did not respond the correct way uh, to that situation, but thank God she's not dead guys. Um, so yeah, trigger warning. I talk about domestic violence. I talk about murder. I talk about death in this podcast episode. Um, if that's not, you just can't even hear a hint of it because it really is only a hint. I don't give any details. I don't really go that deep into anything. I just reference a couple podcast episodes from sisters who kill podcast. One of my new faves. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to tell you that before you, you go on in here and, now, you know, you hear me talk about shit you don't necessarily want to hear about. But I think the podcast episode is worth the listen. I'm talking mostly about, um, you know, why we should, if we're in a situation with somebody who doesn't love us, why we should absolutely love ourselves and get the fuck out and not be playing on other people's phones when the person you're really mad at is yourself and the nigga that you with who not taking good care of you. Um, I think that's all I got for you. Oh, yeah, also I'm going to insert... And add here, um, and then we're gonna get into the episode podcast episode thing. Love you, bye. <laughs> Peace and blessings, and welcome back to the Bossy Bruja podcast. This is your host, Bossy. <laughs> Y'all, I had to go and grab my podcaster mic. I had to grab the soundboard. The thing was covered in dust because I've been working with these really cheap little microphones I got off of Amazon. They're much easier. I can just hook them in directly into the computer and go, honey, and go. But I wanted to make sure y'all hear me loud and clear on today's podcast episode. First of all, today is Juneteenth. Freedom Day for all my beautiful, melanated, black kings and queens of the land. God bless you all. Bless your families. Bless your hearts. I pray an increase of abundance, financial peace, prosperity, a better business, wonderful relationships, clarity, harmonious teams. I pray health, beauty, luxurious environments and trips and the ability to travel. I pray ongoing education into our community, safety, protection over our children and deep love of self, of one another strong marriages, and self-love, most importantly. People who are able to look at themselves, despite what we've gone through as a people, despite what we've grown through and what what we've seen and what has been done to us, I pray that we can all find ways to Take all of that bad and use it for our absolute good. And I think that there are ways to do it. I really do. You know, I'm that, I'm just that kind of person, just extremely um, optimistic. I believe that God is on our side. I was reading the book of Proverbs last night. You know, the, the Bible is really good for, for telling us that the wicked will be cut off from the land and, you know, and the wicked go basically get fucked up, you know, in the end by God. 
And um, I got kind of pissed off last night. I was reading it because I was like, when? When, God? When is this supposed to be happening? Because to me, it looks like the evil are thriving. It looks like the evil are doing really well. But, you know, I got mad. I got pissed off. But, you know, I also just had to remind myself that God does not have to move on my time. Now, I am into true crime, true crime podcast. I've been reading a little bit of uh, The Mind Hunter. You know, I've been reading some of his books. And one of the things that he said in there is he's like, I don't know, you know, the ins and outs of uh, divine justice. I just know that I'm here on the earth to help secure you know, earthly justice. And I think that that is a really important thing to keep in mind as spiritualists who work justice, um, who do justice work and work people's cases and court cases and things, but also as human beings, you see something fucked up going on, be an ally in real life, you know, be somebody who speaks up in real life. You see something happening. You see something going on with a child. Be a person who just won't leave it alone, who won't, you know, allow your silence to protect abusers. Okay? I just took some of my immunity tincture. It's um, liquid herbal extract from Rosalie's, um, Rosalie's Botanicals. Rosalie Botanicals um, here in New Orleans. I just discovered this beautiful little shop the other day. And I hope that you all will take some time, make some time to go over there next time you're in town. So today's topic, the, <laughs> you can see from the title of the podcast, uh, the boy is yours. All right. So yesterday was Father's Day. I am going to tell you guys a story about my father and my mother. Um, but the purpose of this podcast is to address an issue that I think a lot of women are challenged by, uh, an issue I think that a lot of us face. And it is dealing with someone who is not committal, dealing with somebody who is really triggering a sense of insecurity within us, dealing with somebody who we don't know if we can trust or not, and being in a relationship um, with someone who we, you know, we maybe love, but they're not quite claiming us or they're not showing up the way that we need them to, basically. However that's happening, and whatever would, you know, drive a woman to start calling another woman's phone, that's what we're talking about today because I have been getting stalker called behind a man that I haven't been with, haven't fucked on or been fucked on by in years, my, my, my girls, in years. It's been years since I've been away from this man and I'm getting phone calls from... Uh, the person he's with, but he not quite saying they together. Like it's a ridiculous situation. So I want to talk about this because I think that is something that as magical people, as witches, we really need to get clear on because when we allow ourselves to go into a space of desperation, desperately needing and wanting whatever this, this love from this particular person, regardless of you know, whether it's natural, whether they seem to want to give us the love or not. This this podcast is all over the place, is it not? 
<laughs> I started out talking about Juneteenth. Okay, but to me, all this shit goes together because the foundation of a healthy society is a healthy individual, is healthy partnerships, is healthy family units, healthy communities, healthy teams. Like, it's us learning how to work together, live together, vibe together, and to do well by one another you know, doing well by ourselves and doing well by the people that we're in intimate relationships with, doing well by other people, strangers, countries, other countries, doing well by each other. That's the only way we're ever going to reach peace in this world. And peace is really what this world needs, honey. And, you know, I'm not trying to sound, maybe, fuck it. Yes, I am. I'm trying to sound however the fuck that sound. If it sound like, you know, a tree hugger, hippie kind of situation, peace is definitely what this planet needs. Because there is so much untapped talent in humanity that we are blocking and limiting ourselves every time we block and limit someone from becoming their absolute best self, their most realized um, self, when we block someone else's potential growth, when we block someone's access to education, to information, to knowledge, to resources, resources, knowledge, money, homes, clothes, food, safety, comfortable environments, clean environments, spacious environments. These things are not here for us to fight over. These things are here for us to to make use of so that we can become our most developed selves so that we be, we can become our most realized, actualized, awake, alive, aware, and creative selves. When you take a person and you pour into them, you encourage them, love them, give them access to resources, tools, education, books, space to be creative, to think things, you present them with problems that have been facing humanity, and you allow this new creative mind to put themselves to the task of trying to resolve it, solve of it or to approach it with some new creative solutions that is what we should be doing as humanity instead we're fighting each other you know we're refusing to hear people out we're going to war we're stealing resources we're we're you know allowing mass genocides okay what's going on in the democratic republic of the congo we are mass harvesting resources we're mining these resources from the earth we're cutting down our jungles like we need trees to breathe we're cutting down jungles and for what and for what? So individual people can have more resources than an individual could ever possibly need in life. You know what I'm saying? And instead of mining our most precious resource, which is our beautiful minds, our creativity, our imaginations to figure some things out, to, you know, create some new goddamn mythos, some new, you know, stories, some new folklore, some new religions. We need upgrades when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to our physical health, when it comes to business and the way that we work as a society. People are stressed. People are tired. People are exhausted. People are overwhelmed and anxious and instead of resolving our shared problems we making each other a problem so if I sound like a hippie then I just sound like a hippie and how does that tie into this one topic this is probably one of the most 
you know, feared and most sought after workings in magic today is either trying to attract and to um to get the the affections, the love of someone or to get someone to return. It is love. People want to feel loved. People want to be in loving partnerships and relationships. And personally, I really feel that a lot of people, especially in my community from what I've seen, they equate their self-worth to whether or not they can keep a relationship, keep a man. Which in and of itself is extremely unfortunate because the people that we be trying to keep don't necessarily be ready to be kept or be worthy of being kept, you know? And another reason I wanted to talk about this specifically is because this past week I heard two stories of people who have literally lost their lives, people who were murdered, murdered behind a cheating man. Like one woman was shot to death in this man's truck while they was, you know, doing the doing some stuff. She was shot to death. Another woman was beat to death by by this man's woman and by the man. Body thrown in a dumpster. I know this might be very triggering, but this to me is serious. This is so fucking serious. People be thinking it's all games, it's fun and games, it's cool. We just, you know, going around. You don't know what people are going through. That's not funny, but you don't know what people are going through. What type of stress people are experiencing. The type of shit that could make them snap. How disrespected the guy, there is a guy, two cops. I'm going to try and find these episodes on these <laughs> this true crime podcast so y'all can hear it if y'all want to. Listen, this motherfucking man was cheating on his woman. He had been together with her for 10 years. Before he left the house, the night that his side piece got killed, before he left the house, he put hands on his woman. He like beat her up and then left and went and fucked somebody else. This, all of this right here, this is hatred. This is malice. This is evil that is existing within people and existing within relationships. You at a point where you are so upset or angry or whatever towards your woman that you're going to beat her, go make love with somebody else. Another story I heard happened in Miami a couple years ago. This young man and a young woman, I guess they were leaving a club or something, pulled over in a parking lot, fucked in the car. And as she's getting out the car, the man shoots her in the head and then drives off. So this ain't a true crime podcast. I don't know these people. I'm not about to get deep into these stories. But let me tell you something. If you're in a situation with somebody and the person does not love you, you need to love yourself. <laughs> you need to love yourself enough to get the fuck away from, from 
a person who could could possibly treat you this way. I think that uh, that is extremely important because it becomes dangerous. It becomes dangerous very quickly when people who don't really have anything going on with themselves, they don't have anything to live for. There's nothing that they're working towards. They don't have a lot of understanding of the universal law of cause and effect. Like actions have consequences. Like this will lead to something else. They don't really have that kind of understanding. Hold on a second. Is somebody standing at my motherfucking gate? Let me go tell this motherfucker to move. Hold on. No, because I don't even play like that. I don't even play like that. People in New Orleans, you have to be... Can I help you? You have to be on top of people because I've had... like My first month here, I had these kids run up on my porch and steal like... $2,000 worth of Amazon packages. And now Amazon is a great company. They um, replace everything. But, girl, don't be standing in front of my house. I don't care. Anyways, if we, listen, if we could trust each other as a society, if people wasn't on bullshit 100% of the time, like, it would be different. It would be different. Okay, I don't even play like that. I don't care. Anyways, so anyways, so let's get into my notes here. One, women calling my phone. Um, I'm going to talk about some of the earliest memories I have of, of my mom. I'm going to talk about the joys of being a single woman. I'm going to talk about choosing peace. And I'm going to talk about the dangers of being out of control, which I kind of already covered. Like people literally losing their lives because they don't value this other person. They don't value and appreciate the person that they're in a relationship with. And I'm going to say something controversial because a lot of us feel like you know, when you're in a relationship with a man, you own his body, you own his penis, you own his time, you own his money, you own everything. And the, the reality is you don't. The reality is this is a free human being like you are a free human being. And the only commitment that we really want in our lives is the commitment that is freely given, that is that is soberly entered into it is the commitment that you two choose together okay that you choose for yourselves not that you have to coerce or pressure or force somebody into let me tell you there is something and I'm only saying this it's not because I want people to accept being cheated on or accept you know somebody who won't respect the relationship boundaries or someone who is willfully ignoring you know what relationship structure you guys have agreed to. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the stress behind worrying about what a man is doing with his body, his money, his time is out of this world. It is unacceptable. It is too much. Stress kills to be worried about what you're doing. Listen, you over here acting like a fucking fool, still trying to run behind women. (laughs) Like, there's nothing else for you to do. No personal development, no reading books, no developing yourself, traveling, seeing the world, having a good time, building teams and community, building businesses, educating the children. Like, you want to run behind women and I'm supposed to run behind you? No, absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. That don't sound that don't sound healthy, happy, or peaceful at all. I would much rather continue to focus on my personal relationship with God, on my personal development, on my health, on my beauty, taking care of myself, this home, these children, making sure that we have um, everything is in order. I would much rather be on that type of time. And it's desirable to be in a relationship with somebody who's on that type of time too, because that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. I think ultimately what we are looking for are people who are as focused as we are. And when you find that the person you're dating is not focused, going into trying to prove your worth to this person, going overdrive into trying to set the whole fucking table, girl, you building the table, bringing the table and you, you know, loading that motherfucker down with how much you bring to a relationship. And I think really, instead of doing all of that, simply withdrawing your attention and energy (laughs) is a better choice. And I know that it's not always that simple. Sometimes this comes with feelings of, you know, abandonment and rejection and sadness. It could be triggering some things from your past and from your childhood, but the peace that comes after those tears makes it worth it. The peace that comes after deciding I am not about to be running down somebody who clearly is not interested in the same type of things that I'm interested in. You don't have to do that. And I think because we understand, you know, law of attraction and law of mentalism and that thoughts become things and that we are creating our lives, we understand on a different level that we definitely do not have to do this. We don't have to do those sorts of things at all. We don't have to be the types of people who are constantly running behind anyone, trying to convince them of our worth. What's most important is that we remember our own worth. What's most important is that we continue to take care of ourselves, take care of the people in our charges, take care of these children, love on them, pour into them, and connect with people who act like they got some motherfucking sense. Okay? So, one, we're going to talk about women calling my phone. Now, I have had those kinds of, you know, I like him and he was doing this and he said this. I've had the boy is mine conversations when I was a a teenager. I've had that experience before. It never resulted in a, a healthy relationship between me and that man. The only other time that I have received or, you know, been in these types of conversations is when somebody was calling me. So one thing about me is I'm not calling your women. I'm not calling your women. Um, I will call you. I will cuss you the fuck out. I will bully you. I will keep you up at night. I will talk you to death. I will. I will be on top of that man. But I am not calling these other women. You know, my ex-husband wanted to be in a polygynous relationship and that was perfectly fine. I think the way he went about it was kind of difficult. He still had his ex-wife hanging around. He had a white woman as a side piece. I wasn't about to be in no um, polygynous situation with a white woman. Um, (laughs) Hell no. No, thank you. And so it was just it was a messy situation. Um, And at the root of it, the core of it was this short Leo man 
who was really struggling with a lot of mental health issues, like diagnosed mental health issues that he needed to be medicated for, that he was not being medicated for. And a kind of poverty where we were really, you know, walking a tight rope. Like you got bigger issues to deal with than trying to figure out who you're going to be married to. But that's your business. And I left because the thing about me, I will always leave. (laughs) You may be a Leo. Good for you. I'm a Sagittarius bitch. I will always leave your ass. I will always leave. And I think more women need to have that kind of energy. Like I will leave anybody at any time, any fucking where you're not moving right. You're not making any sense. I will leave you. I will leave you. The last time I talked to that man is when he called to tell me that our divorce was finalized. I said, that's the best news I received all year and hung up in his face. Never talked to him again. Don't give a shit about him, where he at, what he doing, who he doing it with. Not interested. Not interested. Because if at 42, you still need somebody to convince you to handle your shit, to take care of your health, that mental health is important. Let's get you in some therapy. Let's get a fucking job so we can have some money. If you need someone to be telling you that, you're our, in my opinion, that's a lost cause. And, you know, I have homeboys who will say, you know, you have to, you know, have, keep faith and keep supporting that man and believe in that man and this and that. I just, I don't do them things. He's 42, we at the halfway point, really past the halfway point. If we're looking at the average years that people, specifically black men, live, what he gonna do? Make a fucking fourth quarter comeback? I'm not interested. <laughs> That's why I always leave. Is this the type of person I would want to have children with? You know, I don't even like to have sex with a man if I'm not in a relationship. And even in a relationship, I feel concerned having sex with a man that I wouldn't want to leave my children with. That's one of the reasons that I've been so hesitant to have children. It's like, if I die, who is going to take care of my babies? So if I don't trust a man to to take care of those babies the way that I would then that's why I haven't had children. Um, But yeah, so I've, you know, that was a stressful marriage. I was out of it within a year and a half. I, um, I never really stay in relationships where I feel like I'm being stressed out. I'm not being appreciated. I'm not really being honored the way that I would need to be honored or I'm experiencing the relationship in a very heightened state of stress. I have heard some really terrible stories about the men that my friends have been in relationships with. I've heard stories from, you know, the man leaving a woman alone in the house all day while she's pregnant with his child and she's vomiting all day and he just won't stay in the house cheating on her while she's pregnant. I've heard, I heard a story recently of a man spitting in my friend's face, like in an argument, him spitting in her face. And I just... 
they're not even, those two aren't even together. Let me explain something to you. When I was married and I started having flashes of me stabbing my husband in his sleep, that's when I knew I had to leave. I had to leave and I started to pray. And Spirit told me the exact way to get out of that situation. It was an abusive situation. He was putting hands on me. He had beat me up six times. And the last time I tried to fight back and it was horrible. And I told myself, I told my spirit, I have to get out of here because if I don't, I'm going to end up in prison. And I don't want to be, people say that as a joke all the time. I don't usually, I don't joke a lot. People laugh at what I say a lot, but I don't be joking. You know, I really felt like this could, this could turn into a really bad situation for me. And I shudder to think that in one of the parallel realities, any of my, my other selves are really dealing with a, a situation behind a crime of passion. And so I'm so grateful that in this reality, I am free. In this dream world, I am free, that I was able to get out of that situation, that I was able to move beyond that situation. I may have picked up some some traumas and some bad feelings and some bad thoughts and some patterns and, you know, but it's good that I walked away with my freedom and that healing is always possible and that I'm able to clear and correct some of my thinking. But when it comes to this man, this man has been my friend. He was my friend for years before we ever dated. And the first time I received a phone call about him, I was up in in New York trying to get my own little, you know, my card reading business off the ground. And that was difficult enough, you know, to, (laughs) to not have some white woman, again, these black men and they white women, child, to not have a white woman calling my phone at five o'clock in the morning telling me about my man. And my response to her ultimately, I put them on a three-way, I cussed them both out. But my response to her ultimately was, ma'am, she's older than me. He's older than me. I think he was older than her. So these are the women I'm talking about in this episode who have been calling my phone are older women, you know, like ladies in their mid-40s, ladies in the new one is in her 60s. <sighs> um. And that's why I think this conversation is really important because if you're like, you could still be in your fucking 60s on this type of time. That's crazy. What are y'all doing? Like, what are people doing in the world? What are people doing with themselves, with their lives, with their bodies, with their minds, in their homes, with their money, on their jobs, in their friendships that you... your mind is still not developed beyond a place or you are still not the type of person who will choose your own peace or you still think it's okay to call someone's phone or you still think that it's okay for you to be engaging with a man who you don't trust, engaging with a man who keeps you up at night, engaging with a man who makes you wonder. What are y'all doing? Like, what are people doing with themselves that this type of behavior feels acceptable? That these types of relationships feel acceptable? That you don't know and think and feel that you are worth more than this? What are people doing? 
Because this, the amount of like the stories that I hear about the abuses, the abuses people are enduring, children are experiencing at home. I heard a story this past week of a girl who was starved to death. It's like the things that people are doing in their homes behind closed doors, protecting abusers with their silence, choosing these niggas over their own children, the things that people are going through in their homes, in their lives, the things that people are doing with their minds, with their bodies, with their resources, with their time. Behind closed doors, in their relationships. A lot of this shit is sick. A lot of this stuff is the rotten emotions and actions that come from the stink and the festered wounds of self-hatred. I'm sorry. Like y'all, people hate themselves. I hate myself. Any man will do. I invite a predator into my home where my precious little babies are because I just, I just hate myself so much. I just can't stand to be alone with myself because if I'm 60 years old and I own a home, I know, you know, this is my shit. I let you come stay here, but this is my shit. This is my home. This is my my space, my peace, this is my haven in this crazy world, the place I come to restore myself, to rest, to create, to think, to process, to feel, just to be. Why would I invite a man I can't trust, a man that makes me wonder, a man that triggers a insecurity in me, a man who won't give me a straight answer, a man. Why would I invite you into my, into my wealth, into my abundance, into my home? Why would I do that? You know what happened with me and this person? Me and this person? I got phone calls from him. He made me wonder too. Stressed me the fuck out. You know what I did? Went and got my own place. Where did he sleep? I don't know or care. You're not about to come over here stressing me out. I'm not about to pay the bills for you to live here. Okay? Now, my ex, my most recent ex caught me slipping on that. But that's generally my rules. I'm not paying the bills for you to live, nigga. Go live with your mom. Go live with some another woman. Go live with your mommy. Go. And now he is. He's living with a woman old enough to be his mom. And she calling my phone. So let's get into this. Okay? In desperation, women cast spells to keep men or to force men to return. And for what? I'm convinced that people are bored or lonely in life. And I get it. But... Being convinced that the person you're casting, the person you're targeting is the one or supposed to be the one is a mistake. Because if they're not acting like the one, if they don't know they're the one, the reason you think this person is the one and that this relationship is supposed to be going a way that it's not going, that it should be something that it's not, is because of what you're imagining in your mind. See, when it comes to this person's potential and how cute we would be together and 
what you think should be happening in happening in your relationship and how you think things should be going. This is 100% your visualizations, your fantasies. This is you literally making shit up and recruiting your friends to do the same. Meaning he texts you something and you call your friends and say, what do you think this means, friend? And he said this, what do you think this means? This is y'all literally getting together, making shit up. When my friends, and I don't have these friends no more because I'd be cutting bitches off. But when I had those friends who would call me and be like, what should I say? And what do you think this means? And he does this. And what do you think it means? My question will always be, "Ask, did you ask him? What did he say? <laughs> Why are you calling me asking me what this complete fucking stranger meant when he did some shit that I wasn't there to see? Y'all are literally making shit up. If the relationship is awful and both of you are not willing to work on, you know, doing normal relationship work stuff, compromising, communicating, adjusting to one another so you can bring your energies into harmony. But instead you are trying to force someone to be what you think they should be or force yourself on someone or force someone to return or force this or force that. If instead you are trying to force it, making shit up, I think you are in dangerous territory. This is the world of delusion. It's so much creativity applied to something that's not worth it. You could be writing stories, making films, creating videos, creating content. You could be writing books. You could be creating healing programs, but instead you want to make up some shit about what somebody meant when they sent you a text message. How about they meant what they meant? How about if the relationship is falling apart, the relationship is a struggle filled with nonsense and insecurities and drama and fighting and bickering and violence, then that is what that relationship is. And it would be better for you to use your efforts to get the fuck away from it. Not to keep working by yourself on it. That is not self-love. That's boredom. That's loneliness. That's self-hatred. Would hate to be by myself. There is no amount of time that being with yourself is a problem. There is no amount of time. People will say to me, oh, I've been single for nine years. Wonderful. I was single for the first 18 years of my life. I had, I had crushes. I liked boys, but I wasn't allowed to date until I was 18. And I think that that is a great blessing. My mother really made a wonderful and powerful decision with that. I wasn't, I wasn't one of these girls running around boyfriends and all this stuff. There were people I liked. There were people I talked to. There was a guy, um, this Haitian man who lived in the Bahamas that I met when I was 16. And my mother was aware of this relationship. He flew up to the States and took me to my prom. And afterwards, behind my back, my mom was like, do not contact my daughter again to this guy. <laughs> because and she told me, she was like, this man want to marry you. And I said, really? I was a good Christian girl. He's a good Christian man. You know, that re- I think that relationship could have been okay. But, you know, she's like, that man is going to marry you and fly your ass, like relocate you to the Bahamas. That man is going to have you barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. And my mom blocked that. God blocked 
it. She blocked that shit. She was not having it. You and me. She was like, no, you're not about to live your life. You're not going to. That's not your path. That's not going to be your path. And I'm happy she did because I like my life. My witchy life. He wouldn't have been able to handle me leaving the church. He's extremely Christian. He's always, even now, he'll send me um, on WhatsApp. He'll send me lectures and sermons <laughs> and Bible scriptures. He's very concerned about this whole witchy thing. He's very concerned. I would have never been able to be myself with him. Okay. So my mom, she, yeah, she handled that. She was like, no, nigga. <laughs> Not mine, not my daughter at 16. So at 16, I was allowed to group date. I was not allowed to go on a full-fledged date with a man until I was 18. I planned to remain a virgin until I was married, but that shit was thwarted, okay? Thwarted, thwarted, T-H-W-A-R-T-E-D, Okay. And so I, you know, I've started fucking on these niggas when I was like 20. Okay. And it was a different kind of world and experience. And I will just say here that I think that mothers who have that kind of relationship with their daughters should definitely make sensuality and sexuality a big topic of conversation. Like it is, you know, First of all, I think that there is a level of safety that a woman has when she can talk to her mother about sex. I think that there is a beauty there in being able to accept one's own um, body because the body, I like, I like cultures where the body isn't overly sexualized, like everything isn't about sex when it comes to the human body. And I think as a society, we're doing a really good job with just allowing our bodies to be and to exist. Like our bodies, especially as women, are not just here for the pleasure of men. Like we get to experience um, the pleasure of our own bodies ourselves. We get to be walking muses, living art. And I think we're doing a really good job um, of sculpting our bodies the way we want to see a lot of women um, going with cosmetic procedures, a lot of women um, lifting and allowing their bodies to kind of be sculpted into more muscular, strong, thicker, more solid um, shapes. And I think that we're doing a fucking amazing job. I hate it that so many women online talk shit to each other or judge each other's choices. Like I see from my, my gym girls get messages like, oh, you don't even have any boobs and you don't even have, you look like a man. And I see, you know, my girls who, who choose to do cosmetic surgeries getting pummeled with abusive language and judgments. And I hate to see so many women participating in that. I feel like it's an intelligence issue. I feel like people need to mind their fucking business. And I I also feel like it is a maturity issue because that's, to me, like judging, trolling, talking shit to somebody because of their body 
their appearance, any little comment, any slick remark, anything that I hear when people, I see people saying things online and I automatically think they're not very smart. Even some of the people that, you know, I fuck with, I'd be like, oh, this is kind of (laughs) dumb because, because life is so much bigger than than the body that that life is moving through. Like you are spirit. You're, you've been given the gift of a human lifetime, this impossible, mathematically impossible opportunity. Like this thing that, this impossible chance that you have, this one in 400 trillion chance that you have, you know? And all of the, the meaning that we could be making, all of the ways that we could be enjoying one another, instead of that, we are making fun of each other for our, what our teeth or I don't know, or I don't think like that. So whatever, like people, little, little things and comments that people make to try and like pick on people and make fun of them because of um, something physical, some physical um, attribute, which is weird because it's like, this is a very temporary um, body this, you know, this is like a body I'm going to, I have the pleasure of having for a hundred years and my body works the way that it works and it looks the way that it looks. And I have a complete right to my body and you have zero right to my body. So for you to have an opinion of my body, this body that is mine, I think that people who are intelligent and confident in themselves don't think like that. They don't look at a person and start picking them apart. They are able to observe a person without judging and evaluating and sizing them up. I think that people who do that are not very smart. Like they're not intelligent. They don't have a lot of other things going on in their minds. And because it is a popular uh, phenomenon, people think that it's acceptable and it's okay. But it's like y'all are just collectively unintelligent. Moving on. So... Instead of trying to like make shit up about a relationship and make up who, you know, how this person should be and who they are and I had a dream about them, it's like y'all have to stop with this I have a feeling that we are soulmates bullshit because if we were really soulmates, I would know too. Moving on. It's not enough to tell people that they're delusional or that they're in very dangerous territory especially these women who think it's okay to call other people's phones. You know, like people lose lives over shit like this. They lose their entire lives or end up in prison for life without the the possibility of parole. It's not enough to remind people, though, that people die and kill over shit like a cheating man. Just everybody's lives ruined, entire families ruined. You can't make these bad relationship decisions in a bubble. If you're dating someone who's abusive and he kills you or you kill him, now we have a whole family that's hurting. Now we have a whole community who has lost someone behind bad decisions. Or let's say I'm a mother and my daughter has decided to date an abusive man. And now I walk up on this man to defend my daughter and he kills me. Now his life is ruined, her life is ruined, my life is ended. 
You can't make bad decisions in a bubble. Things can spin out of control very quickly. And here's the thing. You have to be a smart, intelligent person in order to absorb wisdom into yourself without needing to experience something terrible. I'll say it again. You have to be a smart, intelligent person. You have to be open-minded. You have to already have a prerequisite (laughs) amount of intelligence to be able to absorb wisdom before something terrible happens to you. It has to be enough that you, that you are able to, or you have to be able to think ahead. You have to be able to connect the dots. You have to be able to see how things lead to other things. Right, I'm not going to be playing on this woman's phone. I'm not going to be coming over to her house behind her back. I'm not going to be calling, you know, this and that person. I'm not going to be spreading rumors and stirring up problems because things can spin out of control very quickly. And there are some things that there is there's no coming back from. Okay, it requires a shift in perspective, mindset, and an increase in intelligence, wisdom, self love, and self worth to move beyond some of these horrible relationship decisions and some of this drama. Unfortunately, many people don't learn even after something terrible has happened. Now, we must be extraordinary people. We must be intelligent people. We must be the type of people who pursue wisdom on purpose, who don't wait for something terrible to happen to learn, but who are trying to get the wisdom and learn and become more intelligent, thoughtful, critical, critically thinking people before terrible things happen to become proactive. Okay. I was reading, um, definition of wisdom from, um, I forget her name. It'll come to me in a minute. But I was reading this uh, definition of wisdom, and she said, wisdom is doing things like you know the outcomes, like, like you know what will happen after you do them. Doing them because you know what will happen afterwards. Joyce Meyer is the woman. Doing things, wisdom is doing things Um, in a way that clearly reflects your understanding of what the outcomes of those actions will be. So is there anything else in life you desire for yourself? For starters, wouldn't you like to feel peaceful? Even if you have to be alone or ignore the one hurting you for a while, the joys of self-love, self-care, blissful solitude cannot be overstated. Life is wasted when your time is spent struggling to be loved by someone. It's like you're in some sort of hypnotic state. You're missing life, and that is sad. This woman calling my phone, she won't say anything, so I had to put her on block. I had a woman call my phone when I was in New York about this same man who now has someone calling my phone. So again, I never call women. They be calling me. So the first one called me and I said, well, what do you want me to do about this? I called him on three-way, cussed them both out, hung up, stayed where I was, continued working, stopped in North Carolina. 
went to go help my sister work. I would only call this man for money. And I worked until I never had to call him for money again. Okay? I got myself a place and I left him where the fuck he was at. Do you understand? For my peace, (laughs) for my peace, because one, I am not interested in feeling unloved. I am not interested in feeling unloved. I know that I have people in my life who love me and who desire my company, my presence, my assistance. There are people here I can work with, create with, grow with. I have myself and I have my life to live. I can change myself. I can heal myself. I can take care of myself. Okay? Until a good partner comes along. And here's the thing that I really, really had to accept and come to terms with within myself is that... I, this statement that I'm not interested in feeling unloved really goes beyond my relationships with, with men. It also was influencing, informing, impacting my relationships with friends. I started to let go of people who I felt were playing in my face. I began to let go of people who I felt were not really treating me well, not treating me the way that I would want a friend to treat me. And I let go of a lot of friendships. And my life has been extremely peaceful ever since. It has been quiet. It has been far less gossip and bullying and arguing and mess. And I think my influences are much better um, now that I've let go of some relationships. So I, for me, choosing love was really, it became also about choosing the right kinds of relationships for myself. One of my earliest memories of my mom, literally dead of winter, upstate New York, so you know it's fucking freezing. My mother wakes me up in the middle of the night. She puts my snowsuit on. It was like a little red full body suit because it's so cold outside. She bundles me up, puts me in my car seat. And I remember looking out the window and seeing her in the door, the doorway, illuminated by the, the light, knocking on this woman's door. I'm in the car. She's knocking on this woman's door. And cussing somebody out in the middle of the night about my stepdad. That's one of my earliest memories of my mother at cancer. So one thing about cancer is no offense to y'all, but I think y'all really struggle with being single. <laughs> like just being with yourself. I think y'all would deny it though. I think y'all would be like, no, I like being by myself, but every fucking conversation is about a fucking relationship. Be, be single without struggling, you know? Be single without suffering. Be with yourself, you know, without wondering, when is my next boyfriend going to come? Why don't I have a boyfriend? And I grew up with that kind of shit. My mother told me a story about my father. This is one of the only stories, like, there are like two or three that I could probably scrape together. This story about my father, my mother was in class, maybe a math class or a science class. One of her girls came in and said, such and such says she going to beat your ass. <laughs> so my mother, being from Philly, shout out to all the Philly girls. 
my mom being from Philly, got up and went to go find a girl. My mom told me she wasn't about to wait for nobody to come and do nothing. So she left class and went and found a girl, dragged a girl out of her classroom and beat her ass in the hallway. Okay? Damn. Then my mom got, she got, um, what is it? Suspended. She had to leave school. Like, she got suspended. You're not about to be up here fighting Philly girl. You went upstate New York. Fuck is you doing? It's country. You know, it's country in upstate New York. You're not doing all that rah, rah shit. I mean, they kind of are, but, you know, relax, city girl. (laughs) She beat the girl up. You know, she got suspended. She had to stay home, whatever, whatever. So my mother told me in the story that she bought, they were fighting. So the girl was somebody that my father was supposedly, like, Seeing behind her back Or somebody else she was seeing So that's why the girl wanted to fight my mom And got beat the fuck up And my mom got put out of school So my mother tells me in this story That she went to go buy flowers For my dad And I know that sounds weird But that's what I remember her saying And I always thought that was so strange Like why are you buying flowers for a nigga? I don't know what it was, if it was, like, his birthday or what, but I literally wasn't born yet because they were still in they were still in high school. My mom didn't become pregnant with me until I was, she was 19. She had me when she was 20 and was seeing other men because for the first eight years of my life, we assumed someone else, or actually, that's not true because they lived together. I think she just didn't want my dad to be my dad. It was some drama Paternity test with another guy. He wasn't my father. So my mom is a cancer woman. Anyways, so I, um, which is to say she going, she, you know, if she's single, she dating. Okay. Fuck is you talking about? Woman's liberation around here. Anyways, so, and I'm proud of her <laughs> in case I wasn't clear. Um, anyway, so. My mom bought my dad flowers and was going to his place, and he was up at his house with the girl. Then my mom had beat up, and my mom told me the story when I was a very little girl, like I was very young. And she told me the moral of the story is we don't fight over boys. They will make a fool out of you twice. You're not fighting over no man. No. So that's one of the first stories I ever heard about my dad. They used to call him Porsche. His name is Ken. Uh, no, Keith. Sorry. His name is Keith. Um, Ken is the guy I thought was my dad. My dad's name is Keith. And, um, yeah, Keith, a.k.a. Porsche, apparently, you know, he had a, he was a chocolate, Jerry Curl. <laughs> He looked okay. Now he got long locks. He got big head like me. And he's the one who named me Paris. Um, his daddy was stationed over in Paris for a year. He went to go live with him. He said it was the most beautiful city. If you ever had a daughter, you would name her Paris. And then Jewel Marion is his mother's name. So he named me. So I feel like obviously we knew this was my daddy, but my mama is a petty cancer woman. So again, anyway, so, you know, cancers be lying sometimes. They just be lying. And I think it's not because y'all are malicious, but 
because you have emotionalized memories. You remember what you feel like happened instead of what actually happened. So anyway, so my mama uh, told me that about my daddy. And I was like, we don't fight over men. Like you're not going to fight over a man. So there's never going to be a, a point in my life where I'm, you know, brawling over no man. You better be fighting over me, nigga. Actually, I would never give a man a reason to fight over me, but I'm definitely definitely not going to fight too. But fight over a man if you want him to make an absolute fucking fool of you. Because you know what happens when this woman calls my phone? I call the man. It usually be like I haven't talked to him in a while. And if she calls my phone, I call him. It's like you're creating the opposite effect of what you want to happen. Now you got me on the phone with him asking him what the fuck is wrong with you and what is he doing to you? And here's the thing that I want people to understand is women who don't fight over men don't fight over men because we don't want him to do to us what he's obviously doing to you. That's the earliest memory I have. Earliest memories I have of my mama. The first memory I have in my mind is of the guy, Ken, who I thought was my dad, who is not my dad, sitting in the living room during Christmas. Kenneth Miller. That's my earliest memory. It's him sitting in front of the Christmas tree of the guy who's not my dad. And then earliest memories of my mom driving around in this little red hatchback. Okay. Grandma's house. Her telling me about fighting my dad's side piece. Her obviously going back because then I was born. Child, a mess. This type of shit, cautionary tales, uh, the breaking of generational curses, because I bet I motherfucking don't. Now, it's dangerous to be out of control. I've already shared, sorry, different stories with you guys from podcast episodes I've heard over the week of people who were literally murdered behind cheating ass men. I've shared with you, um, you know, what I do. In my life, which is choose peace. I like, I choose peace by going where I'm loved, where I'm well received, where I'm welcome. I don't give a fuck how much I like a person, love a person, laughed with a person, have love for a person or respected a person. If you are not treating me well, this go for teachers. Okay, this go for friends. I don't care how long we've been friends. I don't give a fuck who you are. If you treating me bad, you treating me wrong, I'll drop your bitch ass. I'll drop you. I'll never talk to you again. I will move on with my fucking life, and I hope you move on with yours. But I'm not going to subject myself to people who mistreat me, talk shit about me behind my back. I want a peaceful life. And so cutting people off and letting people go to me is a no-brainer but evidently you could be in your fucking 60s not understanding this so I decided to record this podcast for anybody who's confused about what you could potentially lose i.e. your motherfucking life if you refuse to choose your peace and yourself and your love the things that you can gain from choosing your peace, choosing to love yourself, choosing to be in the quiet of your own solitude it's magic, it's enchantment, it's love, it's fun, it's playfulness, it's creativity, it's getting to wonder and wander and explore, it's saving your motherfucking coins, your money, you know what I mean? It's your health, it's your well-being, it's a more restful, peaceful lifestyle. It's moving beyond and moving away from these people who, who think it's games, 
who take you for a joke. Who take you for a joke. You know what I'm saying? I wish you guys well, and I hope that you continue to choose yourself and to treat yourself well. I'm signing off here. This is going to be a long episode, y'all. I think I'm going to put this whole thing on... (laughs) On YouTube It's going to be a long ass episode But I wish you guys well And I hope that you take excellent care of yourself Be good to yourself Peace and blessings